Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Reverend Steve Andrews. The squabble between Samson and the Philistines over one woman continues in Judges chapter 15. After some days at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson went to visit his wife with a young goat, and he said, I will go in to my wife in the chamber. But her father would not allow him to go in, and her father said, I really thought you utterly hated her, so I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister more beautiful than she? Please take her instead. And Samson said to them, This time I shall be innocent in regard to the Philistines when I do to them harm. So Samson went and caught three hundred foxes and took torches, and he turned them tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. And when he had set fire to the torches, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and set fire to the stacked grain and the standing grain, as well as the olive orchards. Then the Philistines said, Who has done this? And they said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. And Samson said to them, If this is what you do, I swear I will be avenged on you, and after that I will quit. And he struck them hip and thigh with a great blow, and he went down and stayed in the cleft of the rock of Etam. Then the Philistines came up and encamped in Judah and made a raid on Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? And they said, We have come up to bind Samson to do to him as he did to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Etam, and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines are rulers over us? What then is this that you have done to us? And he said to them, As they did to me, so have I done to them. And they said to him, We have come down to bind you, that we may give you into the hands of the Philistines. And Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not attack me yourselves. They said to him, No, we will only bind you and give you into their hands. We will surely not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him. Then the Spirit of Yahweh rushed upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became as flax that has caught fire, and his bonds melted off his hands. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey and put out his hand and took it, and with it he struck a thousand men. And Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey have I struck down a thousand men. As soon as he had finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone out of his hand, and that place was called Ramath-Lehi. And he was very thirsty, and he called upon Yahweh and said, You have granted this great salvation by the hand of your servant. And shall I now die of thirst? and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? And God split open the hollow place that is at Lehi, and water came out from it. And when he drank, his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore the name of it was called in Hakor. It is at Lehi to this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. This is the word of the Lord. So some time has passed again, an undetermined amount for us, right? We do not know. But it is now wheat harvest time, which is around the time of May or June, and Samson goes to visit his wife. You know, the one that they just celebrated a seven-day marriage feast, and she pestered him about a riddle, gave the riddle away to her former people instead of siding with her husband. And then he abandoned her and just 
left in his rage, and now, finally, after some time, decides to return to see his wife. The father will not allow it, because he has given her to, as we saw yesterday at the end of the chapter, he gave her to one of the companions who had been with Samson during the wedding feast, one of the 30 Philistine men that had been celebrating with him. The father uses a similar phrase to what the girl had said. I really thought that you utterly hated her. Perhaps dad got that from his daughter. She had said that to Samson even during the time of the feast, that he hated her and did not love her because he would not tell her this riddle. Is not her younger sister more beautiful? Take her instead. One could perhaps draw a parallel here to the account of Jacob and his marriages to the sisters Leah and Rachel. I mean, technically, Samson is married to the older sister. Jacob marries them older, younger, order. He was in love with the beautiful younger sister, uh, and that's ultimately what ends up happening, but not after, not until after a a bit of deception, which is what his own name means, but a bit of deception from his uncle. Anyway, you have Samson here in a very similar state, potentially, but he turns it down, doesn't want the younger sister, and instead claims, this time I shall be innocent in regard to the Philistines when I do them harm. This is a question for the family. Look at what Samson is up to. Is he innocent? Is A Philistine man taking his daughter that is your wife and giving her away to someone else really justification for what Samson is about to do? The answer to that question is no. The Philistine people have not done this to Samson. One man did. One man committed a wrong. There's truth in that, yes. But to burn down the harvest of the Philistines is not an appropriate response. Typically speaking, remember, the Lord is working through Samson in order to bring about judgment upon the Philistines who have been oppressing his people Israel. There doesn't seem to be much good in Samson as you read through these chapters. But the Lord works through sinful man, just as the Lord works through you and me today. He can bring good even out of our mess, even out of our evil. And so, Samson catches 300 foxes, which in and of itself would be quite the feat, right? And with those foxes, he pairs them up, so you've got 150 pairs, and he has their tails together and ties on those tails a torch. It almost becomes like a three-legged race, except for foxes have four each. It's really eight legs, but you get the picture, right? They're tied together, and they're running through these fields with basically a fire behind them. And so they're just torching everything until those torches burn out. He torched the the stuff that they had already harvested and the stuff that they hadn't, right? So the stacked and the standing. He set fire to all of it as well as their olive orchards, so where they would get their oil from at the harvest time. The Philistines want to know who did it, and some of them recognize that this was the work of Samson, would take because his wife was taken and given to his companion. And just as they had threatened to do, the 30 men at the feast, that they had threatened to burn her in her father's house if she didn't tell them the answer to the riddle, there they go. They do it anyway. Now, as I said, Samson was not excused in what he was doing. 
nor are they, right? To, to be willing to burn a woman to death and her household over a riddle to begin with in chapter 14, but now again, to blame her over all of this instead of to blame Samson, the man who actually did the wrong. They're going to blame both, right? They're going to go after Samson here in just a moment. Samson swears vengeance on them, that he's going to get them back. Then he claims he's going to quit. He strikes them in verse 8, hip to thigh with a great blow. It's hard to know what the hip to thigh language is here, um, but it's a certainly a reference to great destruction. That's where we get the great blow imagery. Um, the Perhaps the idea of slaughtering an animal and, and taking the various pieces of the animal, uh, the parts, could be a reference to what lies in between hip and thigh. They are uncircumcised uh, Philistines, after all. And then he goes and he stays in the cleft of the rock of Etam. It's That's an interesting picture, a cleft in a rock, you know, just a crack. Uh, it's almost as though Samson has kind of wedged himself into that cleft, into that crack, and he's just hiding in that place. The Philistines come up against a place called Lehi. Lehi in Hebrew means jawbone. It's worth noting because of the importance of the jawbone here in the chapter, right? The men of Judah don't understand why the fight has come to them. The Philistines claim they have come up to bind Samson as he did to them, so they can do to him as he did to them. Well, he burned their harvest. They can't burn Samson's harvest, so they're seeking revenge, right? Um, How they're going to do it, unclear. Probably just kill him, but they don't get a chance. So the men of Judah go down to Samson. Do you not know that the Philistines are rulers over us? What then is this that you have done to us? They're recognizing Philistia has oppressed them. And because Samson has harmed the Philistines, the Philistines are harming Judah. This also has another Old Testament parallel. When you think of the events of the Exodus, Moses going to Pharaoh and demanding that Pharaoh let his people go. Pharaoh hardens, right? At first, he he increases the workload of the Israelite slaves in Egypt. And the Israelites respond to Moses in a similar way saying that they had never asked for this, that they didn't want this. They did not see Moses as their deliverer. Here, the men of Judah don't see Samson as their judge, who is to deliver them from the Philistines. Samson says, as they did to me, so have I done to them. Again, is it really true? Talk to your children about this one. Is that a true answer? Did he really do to them what they did to him? The answer to that is, again, no. I mean, this is, this is a squabble between one man and a people, again, over, over that woman, over that bride of Samson. So they have come to bind him, to give him over, and he, he has them swear that they're not going to kill him. There's got to be some, some pride here in Samson to think that if they bound him up and delivered him over to the Philistines, that it didn't mean his death, right? That he's 
stronger than that, he can get out of it, whatever it might be. Maybe there's trust in God that the Lord will deliver him from it, which is ultimately what happens. So they bind him, and they deliver him to the Philistines who come shouting to meet him. And when they do, the spirit of Yahweh rushes upon him. We've seen that already for Samson in the book. The ropes become as flax that has caught fire. So if you think of really any kind of plant as it burns, how it, it becomes gray and brittle, and just, I mean, even an infant could break through that at that point. And Samson, uh, a man of great strength, has no trouble at all. He finds a jawbone of a donkey. This is intriguing. Does he find a jawbone of a donkey simply by a coincidence? And after his striking of the thousand men, the people name this place Lehi. We've seen it referred to as Lehi already. That could be a hindsight thing, right? They now know it's named that, so that's what they call it in the in the story. Or was it already named Jawbone? Was it already named Lehi for some other reason? That it's a spot maybe of more desertous area, more animals die there. Is it maybe even some kind of false sacrifice thing? Because, again, they're doing all sorts of pagan practices. It's why they're being oppressed by Philistia to begin with. It's unclear. But Samson takes this jawbone and he uses it to kill a thousand of those Philistines. And then he sings a victory song there in verse 16. So let's take note. On account of one woman... Samson has killed 30 over a bet. He has burned down their entire harvest, and then he has killed an additional thousand. All over a woman that, according to the Old Testament law of God, he had no right or business marrying in the first place. Really, I mean, it, this is... This is Old Testament type and anti-type, so you have a, a, a picture in the Old Testament and a, a fulfillment or a greater thing in the New Testament. And we have several verses in the New Testament about how you have Adam and then you have Jesus. Or you have Adam and then you have the second Adam, right? First Adam, second Adam. As Adam is to Jesus, in a way so is Samson to Jesus. Adam was the first man God created who was to care for his creation, and he failed. He plunged creation into sin. Jesus is God taking on the flesh to rescue man from sin. As Adam brought death, Jesus brings forgiveness and life. Samson, again, we saw the, the mother had never had a child, we saw the angel visit and say that she would conceive and bear a son. We saw the reference that he would save his people, right? This time from the Philistines, Jesus from the sin of the world. We saw those comparisons early in Samson's life, and they are both deliverers. But Samson, through the wickedness of his sin, and Jesus, by conquering sin for us. I do think that there is a comparison point in that. Um, so Adam is to Jesus as Samson is to Jesus. So after Samson gloats of his victory, he throws down the jawbone. They call the place Ramath-lehi, Ramath meaning hill. So now it's the hill of the jawbone. 
It was at least jawbone before. Now it's hill of jawbone. Samson claims that he's very thirsty. He cries out to God. That is good, right? We see him having some trust in the Lord, at least. And God grants his request. So Samson says that he has, the Lord has delivered a great victory. So he credits this victory over the Philistines that day to Yahweh. And now he asks if he's going to die of thirst afterwards and the Philistines would have their victory at the end of the day anyway. And the Lord gives him water to drink from a hollow place. The referent of hollow place there could be part of a rock, just an opening in a rock that the Lord makes water come from. If so, he's done that before, certainly for his people of Israel in the book of Exodus as they wandered the wilderness. Martin Luther, uh, seeing that the word could be translated socket, like the socket of a tooth, took it to actually come out of the jawbone. Intriguing. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he then drinks. His spirit returns. This is not the spirit of Yahweh, um, but his own spirit, right? His own strength. And he is revived. He's refreshed. And he's able to go about his day. So the name of it is called in Hakor, which means spring of him who called. And Samson is the judge over Israel against the Philistines for 20 years, which would be roughly 1068 until his death in 1049 BC.